All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Finance, a podcast by Financial Friends. I am your host and the founder and creator of Financial Friends, Brendan, and I am here to unpack all the things that I found noteworthy this week in finance, hence the name. Thank you so very much for joining me. I am very excited to get into everything that has went on that I found noteworthy this week in finance. If you're new to Financial Friends or the concept of it, this is a YouTube channel podcast, social media brand where we discuss everything business, finance, and investing related. So if that sounds like something you are interested in, stick around, follow on Twitter, follow on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, wherever it might be. Go ahead and follow along. Let's go ahead and get right into everything that went on that I found noteworthy this week in finance. So I'm going to shift myself if you're watching on YouTube or the video version over to this other corner here. We have Mr. Jeff Bezos getting into a bit of a arguing match with POTUS or the White House Twitter or whatever the heck was going on over on Twitter. Basically, there's been some shots fired at Mr. Jeff Bezos in regards to his Amazon company, the tax bill that they hadn't had to pay. Um, and Jeff Bezos came out and said, look, guys, we're, we're blaming inflation on the wrong thing. Uh, we had the, the president of the United States Twitter account, I think, post something along the lines of uh, we have Amazon and these other massive corporations not paying tax. That is somewhat directed or related to the fact that we have these insane costs, maybe ensuing that if they had more money, they'd be able to manage this inflation problem a little bit better. Not really getting too much into politics, but I did go ahead and tweet out something on the Financial Friends page in regard to a tweet by Senator Warren kind of attacking Jeff Bezos. And I said, look, uh, this is not a political issue, right? This is an economic issue. This is an issue which there are actual facts and data and different things to back it up. And quite simply, we have pumped a ton of money into the economy. We have a war going on overseas. We have uh, supply chain issues. We have China locking down. We have gas prices soaring as a result. There's all of these things that are are playing roles in, in why we have inflation, what exactly is going on. And we just quite simply aren't addressing the wrong problems. Pointing fingers at rich people in these times is not a fantastic thing. And yes, could they be taxed more? Sure, right? I'm not opposed to the idea of that, although it does hinder new investment um, and faster investment and faster growth of the United States economy. But as the broader picture, yeah, I'm not opposed to raising those taxes, but what are these corporations going to do? Corporations in general, I'm speaking of, going to do if you hit them with higher taxes? Well, quite literally, they're just going to charge you more for their products um, and they're going to still make more money in the long run. So uh, let's go ahead and look at the real problems and then find real solutions to those problems, not finger blame, and then try to push political agenda off the back of a terrible um round of inflation. Let's empower the people like the Federal Reserve and some form of monetary policy or, or fiscal policy that we can actually integrate from the government and then also have what we need to be going on with tightening and raising interest rates over at the Fed. Let's have a combination of those that actually attacks the problem, looks at the problem, looks at data and fixes it instead of just, like I said, finger blame and push political agenda. So moving forward, we have Mr. Elon Musk and his Twitter deal. It is currently on halt at the moment, as of course, um, he does not want to move forward with it. There was a rumor, or at least his sort of rumor, that he estimates that 20% of the accounts on Twitter are fake or spams or bots 
or whatever you might call them, while Twitter is claiming, no, okay, about 5% of the monetizable daily active users are fake, but that's about it. So, Elon Musk has halted his deal. He says he no longer wants to do this deal because it is not the deal that he agreed to. He did not agree to purchase a company that had 20% fake accounts. And his sort of stance on this um, is some other private companies, some third-party companies that are kind of uh, looking into this subject for him. He's also completed some sort of smaller scale things just on his own, looking at companies, I'm sorry, looking at um, accounts, right, that do have different amounts of followers, seeing out of those followers, how many do you pick out from the first 100 that are fake? He's also said, look, I have one of the most liked tweets ever on the platform, right? Ever. And it only has um, X amount of all of the likes or of an X amount of likes. There's only like this percentage of accounts that have actually liked it. Like something doesn't seem right to him. And I think from the general agreement of the population, at least me too, when you see interaction on Twitter and on a larger scale, you tend to start to believe Elon Musk. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, like there are a lot of fake accounts on there. Now, that 20%, I'm not too sure about. He did mention that if within this 5%, this number that they're claiming, he seems to think at least four or five times that number is the true number that would give us that 20, 25% or so. Um, he doesn't seem to think it's, you know, insane amount like 80 or, or 50%, but he did say it's some multiple of five. It's not simply 5%. Moving into the world of sports, the XFL signed a multi-year agreement to air all games on ESPN or other networks that are owned by the Walt Disney Company. That would ensue um, some different things like ESPN+, ABC, FX, right? There are other um, networks that Disney owns as well as obviously, like we said, ESPN. Um, this article, obviously, you could see here on the screen is from ESPN. Um, and I started to get a little bit curious about this. Now, all of my questions kind of came to answer right here in the article, but I went, who owns the XFL? Why, why did they do this? Why did ESPN decide to do this? First things first, you could see here, one of the owners of the XFL, we have Danny Garcia, but also Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which... If you've ever watched Disney movies, um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson plays a key role, the lead role, in many of those movies. He stated here, this is a definitive moment for the XFL and the beginning of an incredible long-term partnership for the league, building on my long-standing, very successful legacy relationship I've had with Disney throughout my career, kind of tying the bow all together, it all makes sense. Obviously, ESPN and the Walt Disney Company are going to help back Dwayne The Rock Johnson um, because The Rock has starred in so many of their movies, generated money for them. He, he and them have a good relationship. But I think this also makes sense from ESPN's perspective. You have these other alternative football leagues other than the NFL starting to arise. The XFL tried, I think, to come out at some point. I think this was when COVID started. And so clearly that didn't go too well. You now have the USFL, which just kind of formed. None of their teams even have real stadiums yet, so they're playing at some neutral location. Um, I'm not too sure how successful that's going right now. But I think putting your finger on one that could potentially be successful, that being the XFL, um, it's a good thing for ESPN. It's a good thing for Walt Disney. If this does pan out, 
fantastic. If it doesn't pan out, I'm not sure how much this deal's for. I'm not sure what the payment structure is. I'm not sure how much money was thrown around in between these two parties. That's definitely something that I'm very interested in finding out. But we do have some form of validation with this deal. It reads here, um, the, where I'm sorry, I lost my spot. In February, the XFL reached a partnership agreement with the NFL that will focus on creating innovation programs and protecting the player's health. I think, very clearly, the NFL is using the XFL as this sort of experimentation, right? Let's test out different odd camera work and angles and different rules and player health and helmets and different equipment. Let's kind of test this on a non-large-scale platform like the NFL, and I think that makes sense for the NFL to sign, but it gives some form of validation to this brand's new XFL. Not only do they have an ESPN deal, but they also now, or previously had, this NFL deal where they're kind of working hand-in-hand. I think that gives some form of validation to ESPN and to Disney, like, hey, look, this isn't just something that's fake. And we can also see the plans because we've had our relationship with The Rock prior, so we kind of know where his his head's at, how he does things, how he operates, how he moves. I think this is a pretty cool thing. Again, I want to keep up to date on how much money was thrown around in this deal and to who. And the reason I say to who is normally you have ESPN paying these other um, leagues kind of coming to an agreement, but it would make sense that uh, people would want the NFL on their network. They would pay the NFL to be on their network because, of course, advertisers are going to want to advertise on the content that the NFL is producing. However, you have the XFL, an unproven league that didn't work prior. You have a different like sort of spring football league that isn't working right now going as it's going, or at least it's not doing too well, at least to my knowledge. Um, it almost seems like the XFL would have to pay ESPN like, hey, can you please put us on a big stage? We, we really need this. We don't have a platform to get there otherwise. So I'm curious how the deal works. I still think that ESPN paid the XFL to do this. However, it might not be as much money or it might not be structured in the way you think. I'm interested to find that out. I need to do some more digging. Maybe those numbers are released somewhere. I just haven't found them yet, but I'll get back with you guys next week. Of course, we couldn't go a week without Apple being in the news in some way, shape, or form. They did reportedly show off their new mixed reality headset to the board of directors. This is kind of a precursor to the fact that, well, maybe they're actually trying to release this product. They haven't released a new product since 2014. That would be the Apple Watch. And um, this is really all the news we have on it. It, it, There's not too much to go along. It does say here that... Um, Industry watchers believe the ultimate device for augmented reality would use transparent lenses and be closer to the weight of a pair of eyeglasses, but the technology just quite isn't there yet. Apple would be using um, cameras on this exterior stream to kind of get these high-def displays and then use pass-through augmented reality, essentially giving you a view of your environment and then allowing the, the technology to put things in that environment that aren't normally there. We've talked before, and if you've heard me speak on This Week in Finance, you know I'm not big on virtual reality. I don't think it's going to pan out the way people think it's going to. The metaverse, virtual reality, creating this fake world where we're all going to live in doesn't seem plausible, but what does seem plausible is entertainment and app excuse me, entertainment and application. I'm choking on my own my own throat here. I need a little bit of water. 
But if you have entertainment and education um, and application for something like this, the possibilities are endless. Right? Maybe you don't market this product to the average consumer. Maybe you market to businesses or small businesses or interior designers. There's, there's all types of different things you can do with a pass-through augmented reality, entertainment being one of those. If you do at some point want to transition, you have a seamless way to transition to virtual reality. You have a app store full of applications that you can turn into virtual or augmented reality experiences. So Apple has a little bit more of a leg up than Meta does in my opinion. Seems as if Facebook, now Meta, is trying to create and revamp their whole business and push this new side, this new metaverse, this new product. Apple can kind of more seamlessly integrate it in. My cause for concern lies in its price point and the potential loss of business or loss that this product could cause in general. They do have this potential retail price pegged at $3,000, obviously one of their more expensive products. And yeah, that's a shocker considering these puppies are like 13 some hundred dollars. Um, But with a product being priced at three grand, you're now forcing, if this is marketed to consumers, you're forcing average consumers to make decisions on what they do purchase from your company. And if the margin on this product is not as good as the margin on an Apple iPhone or an Apple Watch or a Mac, now you're losing re- you're losing profits, right? You're cutting and slimming your margins down just to sell a product that ultimately might or might not expand your brand and your reach. If they do this more business-wise, I don't think it hurts them because you don't have you do have businesses purchasing purchasing Macs um, and, and Apple iPhones, etc., and iPads. Um, but if you're marketing to businesses, you're not ruining your consumer business, which is your main target. So if you ruin the consumer base or you ruin uh, where their money can go within your company, forcing them into different corners, not allowing them to be like, hey, I want a watch, I want a phone and a computer. Now you're throwing a VR headset into the mix and they don't know what to buy. And they might buy the wrong product. And I say wrong, meaning a product where the company, Apple, makes less money from the consumer. It could hurt the bottom line, not so much because they're a massive corporation and one of the biggest companies in the world, but it could still hurt the bottom line. It could also pull some people who were for you away from you. If they decide they don't like this product, they don't want to spend this type of money, maybe they go elsewhere for a similar technology if you don't do it right. There's there's a lot of things that can go wrong here, and there's a lot of things that can go right. I'm interested to see how this develops. I think this is a much better play than the Apple car, considering the Apple car is in a realm of its own. This makes more sense for them, but I'm still concerned long-term. It's an opportunity, but with every opportunity comes risk. I don't know how much that risk is, but I do see some risk. This is not a riskless decision. Last but not least here, I have a whole video dedicated to this topic, but it's too big of a topic to not touch on. So if you want to see my full undivided attention on the retail consumer, on consumers in general, inflation, the supply chain, and Target and Walmart, that video is going to be linked right up above on a card. You can go ahead and click out of this video right now. I think that video is going to do a much better job of explaining, but I did want to touch on the concept that was demonstrated by Target and by Walmart. 
We saw Target shares and Walmart shares fall drastically. Walmart, at the time of recording my previous video, had fell like 17% um, over the last couple days. Target fell 25% in one day, the day they reported earnings. And um, a, a lot of people started to freak out and the market has continued to sell off since. Now, why did Target shares drop 25%? Well, they hurt their own bottom line. Uh, profits were not as high as they were supposed to be. They shrunk from the year, the, the three months, the year prior, year over year. Um, and consumers are changing, right? So there's, there's so much going on here. Top line, revenue, how much money the company generated, it and Walmart, it being Target, so Target and Walmart, they grew. They grew revenue. They grew sales. They sold more than the year prior. The problem, the expenses and the things in the middle. The company cited supply chain troubles and higher fuel costs as issues. They also have way more inventory because they were so backed up. They now have all of the wrong products, products that consumers are no longer purchasing, stashed in their inventory means they didn't sell all of that product. They paid money for that product. The whole video will explain it, but essentially... You have a massive, massive problem with everything in between revenue and eventual profit. That is not looking too, too good for those companies. However, the consumer is still strong and is still purchasing. It's just a matter of can Target, can Walmart, and can other big retailers switch their inventory, slowly transition their inventory, and just stay more in tune with the consumer as we do run through this sort of potential recessionary period and definitely period of very, very high inflation where now consumers are having to make decisions on what they buy and are no longer buying everything under the sun. So again, watch that video. I think I did a pretty good job of explaining and demonstrating my idea using some of the earnings reports. That's going to be linked up in the top right of your screen. And that about wraps it up for This Week in Finance. Like I said, I wanted to get everything out a little bit quicker here. So I hope that you did enjoy This Week in Finance. I hope you learned something new. Again, make sure to click on that video for more on that last topic. Let me know down below in the comments your thoughts on any of these stories. I'd be very, very interested to see what you guys think of Jeff Bezos going back and forth with the President of the United States, kind of what your thoughts are on, on that topic, on this economic inflation that we have going on right now. I also want to know your thoughts on the VR headsets and any of the topics or stories we did talk about this week. Thank you so much for watching, and I will see you all in the next one. Take care.